from LA and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB in 1998. Join us for the final episode. The finale (laughs) of Dawson's Critique. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Wow. We're here. I mean, almost three years to the day. I know. Yeah. It, it is. Well, yeah. Yeah. When this comes, it will be like almost exactly to the three day. years to the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. So wild. Yeah. And like, you know, you never know. We might pop in here every once in a while. Yeah. 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 But this will be the proper series finale. Yeah. It's our send off. Exactly. So it's bittersweet. I know we've been talking about it, but yeah, you know, it's hard to end a project and you're kind of like, how do they do it on TV? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, it's so funny. Cause like, I think one of the things watching Dawson's Creek in this way has sort of given me is this like utmost respect for television creation. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, and you know, you don't always get it right and that's okay. And mm-hmm. you know, um, so I don't know. I, I think that like, yeah, I think the same can be said about this podcast. We don't always get it right, and that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I was kind of, I re-listened to some of our, like, a little bit of our early, like, mm-hmm. episodes when we didn't even have a name Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. And we're just kind of like, we don't know what we're doing. Right. And it's, like, funny because, like, it was, I mean, it's not that it wasn't good. It was just so different and so less, like, right. you know, we have a kind of a formula now. We know how to do it. Yeah, yeah, so. definitely. Interesting. I think mirrors Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. And I Mm -hmm. think like, you know, I think with television, I mean, you and I have a theory, a working theory of television that season three is always the best season Mm -hmm. of TV. Yeah. And I I think there's a lot of shows that um, prove that point. Definitely. Yeah. Friday Night Lights season three. Friday Night Lights. Gilmore Girls season three is the Uh, best one. Is that the one that Jess? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think season two of the hundreds the best one, but okay. season three is good too, but two is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think that like, I mean, I know there's others in our list, but like, you know, mm-hmm. we, we do, we have, we do keep track. Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> so We've had what? that theory for like 20 years. Yeah. We have had that theory <laughs> for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I don't think we're, I mean, every once in a while we're wrong, but it's pretty, it's, you know, it's like season one, usually like it's good, mm-hmm. but, and they like. Well, season one is always good. And then season two, they're like trying to get their seat. Like, how did we make that good? Right. And then season three is like, this is ah, how, this is how we've we, settled this is, in. This we is know what how we to do did. This. Yeah, yeah exactly. 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 So, um, yeah. So I think we're going to structure this. I, I told Julie, I was like, let's just kind of put our thoughts to paper on our thoughts on like podcasting Mm -hmm. broadly Mm -hmm. our thoughts on this project Mm -hmm. and then our thoughts on Dawson's Creek and then you know we're gonna do our normal shit but uh just kind of in those categories that way a little bit just yeah we're like, how do we want to do this? Right. <laughs> and so that's that's how we're going to do it. That's how we're going to do it. I don't it. know if we wanted that, but that's just how it's going to be. That's how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because like I, I, as you've said many times on this podcast, I texted you um, and said, 
do you want to do a Dawson's Creek rewatch podcast mm-hmm. after we had that conversation via Instagram, Instagram DMs mm-hmm. um, about consent and whatnot? Um, and you were game to do it. And so, you know, I think, I don't know. I mean, what do, what do you think? What did you think that I, I know you didn't really know what podcasting was. Mm-hmm. And what do you think now about us doing this? So... Like I've always said, I'm like, I don't really know what that is. And I kind of did some research and, you know, I was definitely like naive and unfamiliar with this space, but I did have a friend who is kind of big in the podcasting space. Yes, she is. And so I like knew from her that it was the existence of (laughs) podcasting and whatever. And I also knew that like, if anything happened, I could ask her for advice or help. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they're like having that to fall back on was um, something I'm really grateful for and was like a privilege. Yeah. But I did honestly think no one would listen. Like, I don't know. I just (laughs) think that I like I wrote down, I was like, I was just stunned that people outside of our friend group in like pure network social media network like even found us to listen like you know right away and not like a lot but like you know like the first episode like a random person you know what I mean random people listen to it and I was like what the fuck you know and of course like I do think we have like Dawson speak and Creek of the Week to thank for that so like that was something I was unfamiliar with of just like I don't know, I guess just already the existence of a built-in audience that would be there for us. Um, So that was kind of weird. Um, I think that, like, for me, because of where I was at in my life, I was definitely, like, nervous. Like, I guess I was like, well, no one will listen, so that would be good because my fear would be people listening so that we would have to deal with, like, people internet people yeah and like the internet is like kind of a is like one of the leaf safe spaces that exist in the world sure um so i definitely was like the negativity was like the biggest fear that i had about starting the podcast but since i felt so certain no one would listen (laughs) i was like okay even though it's so interesting because like you did say like okay well here's a good example of what I was thinking and yeah. it was boiler room. Yeah. Um, so I did listen to a pod, like, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I was a listener of a podcast, yeah. rewatch podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so like that should have like really clued me into like, that's how that works, you yeah. know? Um, but, uh, I, you know, I guess just, I was like, well, I'm doing research. So this is uh, like, I, it was hard to really like, put myself in like to understand it fully 360 I guess um and so yeah I guess for me I felt like well this would be an experience and I I don't know like I guess I simultaneously was like you never know because I knew someone big in the podcasting space but I also was like I don't care you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of think that's the way to go into it. Of yeah. like, we're just doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had an inkling that like probably we would get like a few people listening. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I knew I listened to a couple of 
different TV rewatch podcasts, though none of the Dawson's Creek ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I when I thought about it, I did go and listen to them to see, like, are we going to be adding anything to this conversation? Right. Like, I don't want to suggest it if we're not going to add anything right. to it. Yeah. Um, but um, and and you know, they're the two the the. Dawson Speak and Creek of the Week, which were the kind of like two big ones mm-hmm. that were still going. That were, yeah, that were active. Yeah. Um, they, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, we have a different take on this, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, okay, we might, we might have something to add to this conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did listen to those two and it wasn't like more about having a different take, but I was like, well, we're doing a different format. So yeah, yeah. that in and of itself is different. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, when I say different take, I too, I also mean like you and I both knew the show. Right. Like they, you know, it was like on Dawson speak, Charles had never new, seen it. Yeah. And then on Creek of the week, like they were doing, they, had they both seen them all? Yeah, yeah they, had they both, both seen really them all. liked it, but they were doing it more just random episodes, and it's like yeah. mystery science theater. Right, where they, where talked they like over. talk over the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like, it was one of those things where it was like, what, we're, what we have to sort of say and lend to this conversation, I think, is so much different than what these other people are doing right now that, like, I, I think there is room for us, and, like, let's do it. And so I knew, and I knew that like each of those podcasts that I listened to, the rewatch podcasts that I listened to, I knew that they had like people that listened to them that like they didn't know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, they were bigger. I I was definitely listening to Buffering the Vampire Slayer and then, of course, the boiler room, but also like my favorite, one of my favorite true crime podcasts, um, True Crime Obsessed. Mm. They did a my so called life podcast. Oh, okay. Um, so and I listened to that, and I think that's maybe where I first like learned about like what a rewatch podcast was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Office Ladies was starting around the same time. Right. So, you know, it was one of those things where it was like. I I knew that this was a thing that Mm -hmm. people were doing. And I also thought, I've been thinking a lot about medium and about podcasting as a medium. And like Mm -hmm. for something like this, I feel like this does not work in any other medium. Yeah. Right? Like you can't make a video. Mm -hmm. You can't like. Well, yeah. Write what we're talking about and Mm -hmm. what we're saying. Like. I guess it's like more of the evolution because people do video essays, but like, I don't know if you could really do one on each episode. Um, Yeah. But that format exists in other capacities. And then like, obviously television without pity, as I understand it was kind of like doing what recaps we do, but the lens was different different in this I don't know I didn't really read it and I've only gone back and looked at a few because so many people have referenced it so yeah. I, I have looked at it before um but it it's one of those things where we say like well we hope we become dated because it, it does feel very dated um in what the the language was that they used to like you know just the guardrails that they used to as their kind of approach well and yeah and i I, yeah i guess you're right that television without pity sort of comes the closest in a way but i also think that like so i didn't i didn't read television without pity dawson's creek recaps but Mm -hmm. i read the gilmore girls ones. i used to read the gilmore girls ones okay because when i 
lived in England, Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls was not a thing in England. Got like it, it wasn't on TV or anything. Yeah. And that was probably when season four was airing or season five. Okay. Season four, I think. But um but so I used to read Television Without Pity recaps, which this is a funny aside. I many years later realized that my friend Pamela Ribbon had written all those recaps. That's so funny. And I was I had edited her memoir by the time I like figured that out. <laughs> and I remember texting her. She was on Gilmore Guys podcast. Uh-huh. Oh, I had listened to that. I guess that's the first one that I knew of okay. is Gilmore Guys. But she was on that podcast and I was like, oh my God, I put it together. Like, I remember right. exactly where I was. I was standing waiting for the train in the Sunset Vermont train station in uh-huh. LA. And I like texted her and was like, oh my God, I used to read this. And she yeah. was like, how did you just figure that out? And <laughs> I was like, so I don't know. But, <laughs> but so I think that does come the closest in a way, but they were offering less like, I mean, obviously it was coming out at the time and they were offering less, I think like what we offer, which is like both funny and like mm-hmm. also an actual critique. Right. Yeah. That was a recap. Right. And which just, had criticism in it, but it was a recap. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, and again, like I don't, I don't have too much familiarity with it, but I, I do think that, there's a way to collaborate in a podcast that doesn't exist in writing. Like, again, that was like maybe my crit- yeah. my thing that would have changed about the book where it's like writing together is just a different yes. skill set and sure. a different process that um, we didn't have, any, I didn't have any experience with, you know, um, versus like having a conversation you have your lifetime of, of experience with. You totally. Know? Um, so I, I do think what you're saying is accurate that this medium yields itself and is a interesting space to be in. And, and, and we've seen that with the proliferation of it, yeah. which I, I put more in my notes about this project on the whole, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and I also, you know, I think what's really interesting about podcasting and about like the fact that you and I both get to have our own opinions mm-hmm. and we get to like disagree sometimes right. and sometimes we agree and sometimes you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I see your perspective. Like, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with it. Like, yeah. but I see where you're coming from on this Yeah, or like whatever. Like, I think that that, like that conversation, I mean, there's a way in which I think by sort of modeling conversation Mm -hmm. I think like that's not a bad thing either right like no and to show people that like we can have a conversation where sometimes we disagree about things and like that's we are not fighting like we don't hate each other we're still best friends still talking about Dawson's Creek yeah (laughs) exactly doesn't matter Exactly. But like, you know, we can have these conversations and we can have this like, yeah. Okay. Like, oh, wow. That's your opinion. And like, I, you know, I have a different one, but like, that's interesting to hear yours. Yeah. That was something else that I wrote down was like, those moments are great about podcasting and really special. And even with the audience, um, 
having people be like, well, I hear you, but I disagree. And these are why, and like having that full on discourse about it has been really interesting and rewarding. And I, in, in a way in which like podcasting, like you said, is the medium for that because there's like a direct contact and connection with it. And then again, like the flip side was, what we would always talk about was people being petty and criticizing us for communicating, showing our place of origin. Sure. You know? Our California accents. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think I, we got a lot of messages being like, it's so funny because I actually never hear it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like that's the point. And like, I don't know. I feel like we always touched about it. And I just like, I think what it was for me was that it, it feels so bigoted to have people critique you for something you can't help like we can't help that we're showing our place of origin you know and I feel like our audience is very generous and thoughtful so I don't think that they would say the same thing to someone who is a non-native speaker showing their place of origin however you're still thinking it and you're saying it to other people and that like always felt so like really deeply painful and rude to me mm-hmm. in this way that like i think as a new medium that we're in there is still like these boundaries starting to be set about yeah. how to be involved in these parasocial relationships and for me someone who loves boundaries and relationships that was really hard to navigate and something that like I feel is unique to podcasting um oh the podcasting world is littered with people criticizing particularly women particularly women's vocal fry mm -hmm. yes um it's I mean that is like a that every woman who is on a podcast gets shit for it from Mm -hmm. from you know anonymous people on the internet Mm -hmm. It, it is like a at this point it's a tradition yeah and it's like don't get it twisted you are criticizing someone for showing their place of origin that is like bigotry like unpack that in yourself like you know like you're essentially saying you showing where you come from is a problem and I want to point it out to you and make you feel bad about it yeah like don't get it twisted yeah I, I mean I hear you and I think I think for me it's like there's this part of me that's like, okay, is that like your fucking complaint? Like, yeah, I guess it's just more of like, (laughs) I mean, like I hear you and I, I do feel that deep down, but I guess I just feel like as someone who is a native speaker, I need to point this out to you and to highlight how this is corrupt and like you shouldn't you should be worried more about what people are saying and not how they are saying yeah totally and i want to move the conversation over to that and i want to highlight how it's not how we're saying something it's what we're saying and like yeah we should be working on dismantling even these micro you know um yeah 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 and i mean i think that like you know there's this part of me that's like a California accent is not probably holding me back from jobs or from, you know, that kind of thing. So like, it's not like, it's not the same as having like, you know, uh, an accent because I'm a native Spanish speaker or something Mm -hmm. like that. Like it's not the same thing, but I think that like, 
I think what's really funny and what's interesting is like, you know, our generation, I think has, I think as a whole kind of has an accent. Like I think a lot of us say like Mm -hmm. as a sort of, instead of, um, or, you know, like, yeah, it's a placeholder. It's what is it called? A glottal stop or something like that. I think so. Yeah. It's like an actual part of speech that you use and, and different cultures use it differently and use Mm -hmm. different sounds and use different things. And I think our generation kind of on the whole, I mean, obviously not everyone, but like kind of on the whole, um, our generation uses the word like as a placeholder. Yeah. And so I think what's interesting is that that annoys some people so deeply. And like, as a person who I remember when I was younger and people would like point it out when this was first starting, right? Like Mm -hmm. when, when our generation sort of first started using it and Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm not a linguist. I attribute it to clueless. Mm -hmm. That might be wrong. I mean, I think it was, it came from the Valley. (laughs) It came from the San Fernando Valley. It's a Valley girl thing. It came from the San Fernando Valley. There were a lot of movies that portrayed it. So there was a lot of media presentation about it. So I think we just grew up with it. And then like Clueless came out and was the hugest thing ever. And a lot of us started talking similarly to how they talked. Yeah. I I already said it before all this. Yeah. I'm not, I don't think I didn't say it before those things, but I think it like, well, I it think it put it I into hyperdrive. It put it into our generational um, colloquialisms and mannerisms, yeah. like you're saying for yeah. sure. And so I think that, like you know, you know, it's the it's it's similar to my parents' generation saying "groovy" or whatever. Like you know, there's there's these things that mm-hmm. a generation says. Like I wouldn't necessarily use that in the same way that my parents would. Mm-hmm. Um, and those ge- and there's a generational divide there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's interesting. I think you know, obviously, you and I both do have like legit California accents. Right. Um, I sound constantly like I have just gotten out of the ocean. (laughs) That's literally what I sound like. Uh I'm aware of it. Um, and, and I think that that's interesting when in an audio medium, like I get it. There, there are certain podcasts that I listen to that, like I've had to sort of get myself past how someone talks. And I think if you listen to a few episodes, like that usually goes away, Mm. you get used to it, you know? Yeah. That was one thing that was so interesting that I, even when you said like, let's do a podcast, I was like, oh God, like hearing yourself talk. It's like the world's <laughs> biggest fear. Yeah, Everyone knows it's it. Not it's not fun. Like, yeah. You know, universally, it's like singularly the most annoying thing in life. Um, and also like, I remember thinking to myself when we first started and people have said like, you sound so different. And I was like, okay, because I said to myself, well, you should try to hide your accent. Mm-mm. You should try to be a little bit more like, I don't know, a radio host, yeah. podcast NPR. voice. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I definitely remember that. And like it, it, like that as I reflect upon is interesting because 
like and I did have I listened to like the first couple episodes over and over to see if I could just get used to my voice and it just like spoiler you'll never get used to hearing your voice you're like that's how I sound I mean I I'm much better about it I'm now. much better now I I never say that's how I sound because I know how I like now I just know oh, but yeah. I'm not like oh great that's amazing yeah. oh I love this <laughs> yeah isn't it so fun listening to myself yeah, yeah. It's, it's more just like I, I don't ask my question that's how I sound because I've listen to my voice over and over yeah and for like, hundreds of hours oh, now that exactly. is how you sound yeah, yeah there's nothing you can do no about getting it. around it <laughs> um but I remember really doing that which like I feel like in hindsight is interesting in the way in which I was finding my voice in this like two-pronged event of like do I want to be me and authentic to yeah. how I sound and how like we just talk to each other like yeah. normally as friends or do I want it to be this other part of me this more like I don't know perf like when you're in a professional setting right or right when you know like what version internet version of myself do I want to be as this character that we ultimately are you know creating of ourselves um in this podcast sure um and then while also simultaneously like just functionally finding my voice in this podcast yeah, yeah. um like what does that look like so that was like an interesting you know first way to start and to like kind of frame it for myself when when you asked of like okay like how does this like what who do i want to be in this this project and in this medium and in this space you know yeah, totally. And I think like, you know, what you're saying, that's really interesting. And and much like on social media, where it's like, we're mm -hmm. not sharing everything. Although I think on this podcast, we do share a lot of ourselves. Um, I just functionally have a relationship with social with the internet that's like, yeah, you're not lying but you're just like you can't get to know anyone 100 percent so sure i i just i don't think it's inauthentic to be like this is the version of myself you get to see in these different spaces no totally i, I don't disagree with that but i think on this like you know you you do get to see uh, or you get to hear like a a lot of us and a lot mm -hmm. of who we are um, and also there's things that you don't get to see sure. and you don't, you know, yeah. there's, and so, you know, much like social media, right. Yeah. Where it's like, it is similar in a way. Mm -hmm. I think that like, I think that with podcasting and with, you know, discussing a show and sort of bringing ourselves to this medium and bringing ourselves to this show, it's like, you know, I do have to give, or I guess what the route we've taken is that we've given a lot of our, ourselves and our stories, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think for us, I'll speak for myself. I think for me personally, like that's really important. And I think that like, I think a lot about how much I would have been helped by hearing more people's stories right. when I was younger mm -hmm. or when I was, you know, um, and I think this show is kind of like, it's a thing that helped, right? Like there were so many stories on this show that on we hadn't show seen Dawson's before. Creek, yeah. yeah. On mm -hmm. the show Dawson's Creek. Yeah. That we hadn't seen before. And so, you know, as a teen watching it in my bedroom, you know, often alone, like seeing these things was really helpful. And, mm -hmm. and so for me, I think, you know, sharing parts of myself, um, 
with it to, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I share these parts of myself to a group of strangers, mm-hmm. um, you know, week to week. And there's a part of me that's like, <laughs> you know, I remember my mom at one point being like, you say a lot about like yourself and your life. And I was like, I mean, what else am I supposed to do? You know, like, I don't know how else to relate to people or else to relate, you know, mm-hmm. to this material is like, oh, you know, this is very personal. And I think like, Re, any kind of reframing sort of activity that we're doing is always going to be personal first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be sort of macro political um, as well, but like it, it's personal first. Yeah. 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 It's like, what do you think we were going to be doing? <laughs> My mom was like, you guys laugh too much. And I was like, <laughs> you're no fun. <laughs> um Early critiques, the early critics yeah, of the show. Yeah, <laughs> like what? I mean, like I don't, I don't know. know. I was even surprised she listened, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think you really got into something about my thoughts on this project, and I think, you know, like I said, entering this project, this podcast, I was like, well, no one's gonna listen, and then once people started. I had to navigate like a parasocial relationship, which when I was still even like fully unpacking the word parasocial, you know, and like kind of learning that and like, what does that mean? And like, and then that promotes like, again, because I just really love boundaries in relationships. So I'm like this, I don't know how to do this. Mm. Um, And, and it is such a new thing. So you're kind of, there's no resources for it or whatever. Right. Um, and you know, as much as I had a lot of problems, or I don't know if I had a lot of problems, but there were some frustrating moments with like the one percent of trolls and everything. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, okay, you know, I only had to block two people. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that's a victory. I think that's a victory. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, and and I just fundamentally, just in my practice, only worry about the 99%. I just cannot worry about the 1%, you know? Yeah. So I just have to tell myself that mantra too, is like, don't worry about the 1%. Don't worry about the 1%. Um, and just in every aspect of the world. Uh, um, so when people, you know, just moving on beyond the trolls, when people would share like, oh, you're helping me and making me feel seen. And I wish that I could have had, you know, I had this feeling when I was a teenager Mm. and all those things. At first it was super overwhelming because Mm -hmm. it felt like a lot of power in, in someone's life that was like essentially a stranger to me. Yeah. Um, and that it was really hard to navigate. Um, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, like you said, we share personal stories, on the podcast, but then when people would share personal stories with me, it just felt really overwhelming because like, again, I was like, wow, what is this relationship that we are creating and how do I want to be here and show up for people in this relationship Mm -hmm. I'm sharing or I'm creating and like, you know, what, like, what kind of relationship do I want? Um, And I think that it was just really helpful to have people keep saying over and over, like, I finally feel like what I felt when I was a teenager is being validated. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling like I've, I have other people that see that and are, are, um, 
you know, there with me. And I was listening to this sermon over or last week or two weekends ago, and they were talking about how, you know, people are like, why aren't people talking about this? Or why aren't people talking about that? And, and the person giving the sermon is like, well, they are. And you're just highlighting your, how small your bubble is. Right. And I felt like that was so interesting and like truthful and eye-opening and something you like in, in know in this one way, but like just thinking about it, it's like where you were felt to feel shamed about liking Dawson's Creek, but like everyone else was liking it. So why was that like right. the narrative you were being fed? Um, and I think one thing that's been so interesting about this project that we've been working on is that we kind of inter- like randomly ended up in the explosion of reframing the narrative about teen shows that is yeah. happening right now. And so I feel like that's such so cool that there is like a collective around, around the media space, like specifically like One Tree Hill, mm. you know, they have that Drama Queens podcast where yeah, the, yeah. the three leads, uh, female the leads. leads on yeah. the show have been really reframing the show. And I've listened to a few t- I wasn't a big One Tree Hill person, so it's like... Yeah, uh, yeah. You, know, the, you, don't, you can't really follow it. Yeah, totally. like yeah. I watched the first season, so I listened to a few of us of the first season. And I feel in a lot of ways they're doing such similar things that we have done where they're like, wow, this is an incredible story. This is so cool that they did like this. You know, these are the plot, flaws or whatever. And just really highlighting, like, how these stories are good and evergreen and important and powerful and the acting is so good and the writing can be so good and the music and all of like timely and of the moment and really reframing the show and especially for those women like it it was yeah it was traumatic horrific traumatic set experience for them yeah and so i know that it can feel really cathartic and then um recently there's been um you know, I know there's a lot of them, but one of them that I also have checked in on a few times is the Laguna Beach one. Oh. And I watched Laguna Beach and I... Yeah, we during, watched a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, during the pandemic, I watched like Whitney Port kind of redo a lot of like that kind yeah. of, you know, I don't know, whatever, like that cascade of re- MTV reality shows, like The Hills, The City, and Laguna Beach. Mm. Um, but it's been interesting to see um, Kristen... Kind of re- Cavalry. Yeah. Because they really took this child. Yeah. And they made her a slut. And a, and a villain. A villain. Yeah. And she speaks about how just painful that was and just I'm sure, how yeah. horrific it was. And it has given, been like given this platform and this power to be like, well, that's cut wrong. That's untrue. This is how it really felt. Yeah. And like kind of, you know, have this way to kind of I don't know in a way like set the record straight yeah um in a way that she couldn't have done at the time even if podcasting existed because the tools and the language and the the hindsight and the space didn't really exist yeah I mean I think that like you know I I mean I think there's two parts to what you're saying like the reframing aspect I think to me that's that's the most important thing that we've done. And I think that like, to me, that's the thing that I'm really proud of. And that's the thing that I'm really like, I really hope that we've done a good job. I think we have, Mm -hmm. I I hope that we have done a good job of looking at this and saying like, here's what works and here's what doesn't work. And Mm -hmm. like, and here's what like, 
I think, you know, a bitter script reader wrote something very, very nice um, about us on Twitter and basically talked about how the way that we critique this show, um, like we're not ever sort of making fun of it. Mm. And like, listen, there are parts that are like wild, right? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, like we can all agree that like there are certain storylines or certain lines or certain episodes where you're just yeah. like, oh my fucking God, like <laughs> what is happening? Right. Like, okay. All right. <laughs> well, we, and we've just watched this. So, you know, and I think that like, and I think that like pointing that out is not a bad thing, but mm-hmm. also going in and saying, okay, like where I mean even like in the episode Love Lines which is a truly an awful episode yeah. of television yeah I mean really bad yeah the, but there's like something to grab onto I know and so I think that like having that perspective I think and that I think that's what you and I really like I don't know that we necessarily started out to do that mm. but I think that's where we came to and that's like what we were what we ended up doing right is like finding those moments and finding these moments where it's like, oof, you know, I don't love that line, but like how he's saying it is mm-hmm. actually really great. Or I think that's a great line, but why are we screaming at it? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Guys, you know? And so I think that reframe and that, that, that thinking about reframe is, is really important. And to sort of segue into the other thing you're talking about, which is the parasocial relationship and like this, I mean, I agree with you that like when we first started getting emails of people being like, I made a big life change (laughs) based on the fact that I've been listening to you, like that is, that, that can be overwhelming. It can feel overwhelming where Mm -hmm. it's like, wait, 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 I know nothing about your life. Yeah. So like, don't, whatever advice you think that I gave, don't take it. (laughs) Like, you know, there's, I think there's a part of us that like says that. And then I have to like pull myself back and be like, no, you're reframing your work of reframing a conversation actually helps other people to see how to reframe a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I mean, trigger warning of me talking about this, that I'm going to talk about my, um, about suicide for a second, but like, you know, I talked a little bit about in the Andy mental health storyline that my mother, uh, attempted suicide. Um, and you know, I, one of the things that that really sparked in me was like, okay, I have to go to therapy. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's why I started going to therapy. I was like, okay, well, uh, now is the crisis moment. So yeah. you gotta go. <laughs> and, um, one, a lot of the work that I've done and the, particularly at the beginning of that process that I did in therapy was like realizing that like we tell ourselves story. I mean, mm-hmm. not to quote Joan Didion, but to quote Joan Didion, mm-hmm. we tell ourselves stories in order to live. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's sort of twofold. We tell ourselves stories. Um, we make things up in order yeah. to get through. Mm-hmm. And also we tell these stories in order to live with yeah. ourselves and live mm-hmm. and live with each other and live in this world. And I think like looking at how for me personally, in those moments when I was reframing, like, you know, okay, I can tell you a funny story about growing up with my mom, but also, you know, but what's behind that sometimes is that like, I grew up with a parent with untreated mental illness. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, that's not I'm not making a judgment. I'm not, you know, it is what it is. It's a fact. And so like, okay, those there are certain moments where I could like, you know, sort of 
be like, okay, that's what actually what that was, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't make it any less funny sometimes. Yeah. And it doesn't make it any less, you know, it just makes it's just like, okay, there's like more to this story. And like mm-hmm. I think thinking about how I rewrote some of those stories in my head that we tell ourselves and mm-hmm. the, we tell other people, I think I think that's sort of a much more personal and a smaller sort of way of doing what we're doing with this show, right? Is it's like the idea of reframing doesn't have to just apply to a piece of media from 20 years ago. Yeah. It can also apply and should apply to other parts of our lives. So like, I think looking at, so I think when I can look at it from that angle and say like, okay, so you're doing this work of reframing a show and what people are listening to is you reframe things and mm-hmm. then they're looking at their own lives and right. reframing that. And that that feels much less <laughs> pressure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not sparking some huge change that people are going to regret and then like yeah. email me about 10 years later and be like I changed my life because you right. said this or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no exactly or or it just felt like a responsibility in people's lives that I was like not ready for <laughs> um whether good or bad like yeah. it, because at the like it was weird because i was like i trust you i think you're am- amazing yeah. i don't know anything about you but i yeah i believe in thing. you yeah so good that you've made that you feel happy about the or you've made this change and you know you think you needed to i believe in you um but I feel a lot right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about like my involvement in it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm just hearing about it now when it's already happened. Yes. <laughs> um, so, I don't have the full story. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. And I agree where it was kind of having to reframe it in my head because it was one of those things where I was like, well, it, my friend is saying this to me, but then I was like, well, it's not really a friend, right, you know? Right, right. And yeah. like, if a friend had come and been like, well, yeah, you inspired me to make this big life change and I did it, I'd be like, <laughs> let's back up. Okay, let's wait. Let's back up a second. We yeah. haven't talked, how did I inspire yeah, you? Yeah. What, I didn't know you were at a crossroads. I yeah. need to hear more, like yeah. what's going on, you know? And it, it like, like that's just how I am and who I am. And, yes. and also like the type of friend I am. Yeah. So I think that was a interesting experience. And, you know, like, like I said, I have always been like, oh, well, I, you're here listening to us, you know, cons- prattle on, prattle on <laughs> and, you know, just be steadfast about what calling rape, rape. And so yeah. like, as a result, I completely trust you and believe you. And, you know, and why, like, like, that's what I mean when I'm complaining about, like, the just the weirdo, like, the weirdos, the trolls was easy to roll off where they're like, they're too woke. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm glad you're not Bye. here with us. Bye. Like, uh, fine. Yeah. Like, you know, like. You can also just not listen. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I mean, fine. If you yeah. need to say that and then say, like, I've unsubscribed, like, okay. okay. Well, you still left a comment and that helps with the, I think. Uh, the, whatever. Whatever, yeah. you know. Um, so like, okay. So those were easy to roll off my back. Um, yeah. yeah. But, and it's just like, that's this like troll behavior because like at the end of the day, everyone that's here following along, I'm like, well, I believe in you and I trust you. And like, you know, I think you're, you're amazing, you know? Um, yeah. Because we obviously have similar vibes, you know? Well, and, and you're willing to listen to two people, you know, 
pontificate wildly, um, you know, about something that I think we're pretty well versed in, but still, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I don't, I don't think that necessarily means like you, you have the best judgment and you're so together, but I think that there's like something about being open to listening to people and being open. And, you know, of course I listen to podcasts as well. So I know what the experience is Mm. on the other side where like, you do kind of feel like, and you and you do feel like you know people and you you really actually do know them in a very specific way right mm-hmm. like yeah like the those of you who have listened to us like you know us mm-hmm. you know these parts of us yeah and like that's us mm-hmm. you know and i think like yeah sure you don't know everything but like you know you know these parts and right. and i think that like there's something about listening to and and I mean it's like I get that inspiration too from podcasts where like they'll be talking about something and you know oftentimes it's like something that's not even related to like what the show is actually about they're like on some tangent Mm. and you, you get these like pearls of wisdom and I think everyone has the ability to sort of give them and like because everyone's perspective is you know or not everyone's perspective most people's perspectives are interesting mm-hmm. and good. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you, you find something that you need within it. And so I guess for me, like if we've given somebody here something that they needed and something that they needed to hear and that's helped them in some way, then like, I can't help but consider that a win. Right. Definitely. You know? No, no, exactly. I, I think once I, yeah, was it's able jarring to like <laughs> get over the overwhelmed feeling. Yeah, yeah. It just felt really like fulfilling in this way that I didn't know I could feel. Yeah. Or that I would feel. And yeah, I just think every time we got like a message or people connecting in this way where they're like, oh, I just feel so seen and and I'm giving space to like my my teen self. I yeah. was like, oh. I love that. That's amazing. You know, like whether like I don't like I don't think I'm not like, oh, because it was me. It's because like they did the work, you know, like, you know, like obviously it doesn't actually. Yeah, it's not Um, actually our. Yeah. But I was like, that's awesome, because I just think that as we grow and change and, you know, look back on our past selves, you know, being gentle to them and, and just giving like being so nice to them and, and making peace with those stories we told ourselves and those way in which we felt. And, and I, I think that that from this project is like, you know, one of the biggest and best takeaways I think is, is those moments of, of, yeah, for me, those moments of, of people being like, Oh, I feel like I felt so alone in my, joy and pleasure and excitement about Mm. Dawson's Creek and and now I don't and I've completely don't feel ashamed about it anymore and I I just I find that really rewarding to hear I agree I agree and I think that like a lot of the messages this, that we've received as well have been you know telling us how particularly because we did this through the pandemic. quarantine, mm-hmm. the whole of quarantine. And, and you know, obviously the pandemic is not over. Um, I would argue that we are in a f- different phase of it, but mm. 
it's not over, but you know, through so much, we we've been here through so much of the pandemic and, and when a lot of people I think were at their loneliest Yeah. and I, and we've gotten those messages too, that like sort of, we helped you us discussing this stuff helped you through. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like those moments and those messages and those things, like there's no, to me, there's nothing better than that mm-hmm. because like, I think I think I'm a person that, you know, has been, I'm very good at doing things on my own. Mm. I'm very good at being on my own. And I think also sometimes that makes me very lonely. Mm-hmm. And I think that like. So are you good at it? No. <laughs> I'm very good at being lonely. Um, and I think that like, um, you know, I, I know, so I know that feeling so acutely mm-hmm. and it's not, and it's not sad necessarily. It's just, I know what it feels like to be lonely. And I, you know, and I've done a lot of things in my life where I knew that by doing them, it was going to be lonely. And, yeah. and I did them anyway, cause I wanted to do, them, you know yeah, what I mean? And yeah, so yeah. like, it's not necessarily a negative thing, but, but seeing those messages and seeing that, like, maybe we helped you through a lonely time. Um, and I understand that so acutely that you sort of cling to certain things that make you feel less lonely and less alone mm-hmm. in those moments. Like that to me is like, what a, what a gift that, right. that, you know, that like we get to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think to me, those are the the moments that, that sort of. I mean, not make it worth it because I feel like this whole project has been worth it. I mean, I just couldn't be happier about how this all turned out. Um, I think it's beyond above and beyond anything we ever thought. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember I remember the first like, I don't know, season or so. I would like, I would like watch the numbers and be like, oh my God, is this, are a hundred people going to listen to this first episode (laughs) in like the week that it Uh aired? You know, I was just like, oh God, oh, I can't. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh shit. Oh, it's a lot more than that, you know? And, and it's, um, it's, it's significant amount of you more than that now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but you know, the number of people in a way like doesn't matter because if we're reaching any of you, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, I think I just have gotten to turn my focus elsewhere, <laughs> <laughs> but I think just like, you know, what a gift you've all given us to, to have your ears, to lend us your ears, um, to quote Shakespeare. Um, for these hours every week. Yeah. I, I just, I, it's something that I, I, I've i never taken lightly and mm-hmm. that I will never be able to express my appreciation for. Yeah, definitely. I just think time is the most valuable thing we have. Yeah. And that you spend it with us is like incredible. I think, and for me on a personal level about this project, like I've said before, I had been really badly bullied online Mm. by film nerds (laughs) for white, a white privileged film nerd named John Zarelnik. I will name names if you ever abuse me. Yeah. Um, And it was, it felt for me, interestingly, when you said it, I was like, oh, you mean I get to spend (laughs) time talking about like literally the worst film nerd of all time? Yeah, yeah. 
And it's funny because people will be like, I love how mean Aaron is to Dawson in season one. And I was yeah. like, I didn't even feel that bad because I, he wasn't dead to me yet. And I knew in season two he would be. Yeah. But I know at the time how I personally felt about film nerds was definitely coming through. Yeah. But then while simultaneously being like, but he, this guy sucks. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And so every time I would be like, Am I being too hard on him? Because people would say that a lot, and I, w- yeah. I would, I would take it to heart. Of like, am I not seeing this full picture? Am I not consider like, you know, it, is my trauma guiding me in a way in which that I will look back upon, you know, yeah. in, in hindsight and be like, ooh, like you know, you, I was too mean. I was too mean. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then something would happen. I'd be like, no. I don't think that. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. I really wasn't. Yeah. And I just, it's so fascinating to me, just like the way the stars and moons and the gods <laughs> smiled on me to give me this weirdo project to yeah. be like, no, you were right. And I just really needed that. And yeah, I, yeah. I do feel really grateful for that. Because I think we talked about it in the last episode where every time I'd be like, People would be like, I don't know, you couldn't you couldn't forgive him for that? I'd be like, okay, maybe I should. Maybe I, I should just soften. And then like you'd be like, okay, okay. And then like just like four episodes later, just like the wildest thing would happen. Yeah, yeah. And like like we've always said, I just think children fuck up and we're I mean, total, adults fuck up. Everyone like, fucks teenager, up. All the time. <laughs> like you're messy when you're a teen, you're yeah. selfish, you say fucked up things. Yes, yes. All of these things. Yes. And I just like, you know, is there a reality where I was fucked up like Dawson? Of course. But the fact that he never apologizes yeah, it's that. is the hardest part. And I think that that's where like people you know, if you live through like a Me Too scandal or any kind of situation where your whole life changes because of the actions of a man, um, you never get that apology. And that is like the most crippling part of it is that like you'll never get like a repentance in a way in which is totally like necessary to move on. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I also think like, there's a way in which the doubling down mm-hmm. instead of backing off mm-hmm. and saying like, okay, I was wrong. Yeah. Like that to me feels so violent. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I think that like, I guess for us with Dawson, I mean, I won't speak for you, but for me with Dawson, you know, that's where, and I, you know, I haven't, I, I haven't had the experiences you have mm-hmm. with the bullying online and stuff like that. Um, but like, to me, you know, the, the truth of the Dawson Leary character is like, he represents, I think so many men. Yeah. And uh, of course I have known mm-hmm. men like him. And so I think for me, it's not just that like the apology doesn't come and you can't move forward. It's like this like absolute refusal to like be wrong or to be (laughs) or to be like remorseful Mm -hmm. and to be like, I'm sorry that I caused you pain. Yeah. The apology. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And, And I mean, I think that like 
you know, sort of going back to my thoughts about reframing Mm -hmm. and like how we have to constantly reframe our own lives. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, I think this apology thing like works into that somehow is that like, in order to apologize, you have to admit that like you fucked something up Mm -hmm. and you have to reframe how you like, maybe you didn't think you were fucking something up. Maybe you thought you were absolutely in the right but you caused harm in some way. Mm-hmm. And so like, even if you th- still think you're right, yeah, it's like the, you still caused harm. And right. so like get there at right. least. Right. You know, is it's like, I think that's where, and I think, you know, I, I mean, unfortunately in the past, you know, however many years we've had some pretty, bloviating examples of people who absolutely refuse to apologize for literally fucking anything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's given, seems to have given people a, you know, carte blanche to behave however they want. But, you know, I, I think in this world, the bravest thing we can do the most radical thing we can do is be kind Mm -hmm. and is, care for one another mm-hmm. and to sh- and to, is to show that care for one another yeah and so like there's nothing more radical than feeling joy in your life than feeling joy than feeling like you're responsible for mm-hmm. other people and with yeah. other people and that like you know to me looking at I don't know just looking at this world and, and, you know, it's fucked and it was fucked when Dawson's Creek was on and it was fucked in the world Mm -hmm. of Dawson's Creek. And so looking at all of this stuff, looking at how the world is portrayed in this show, looking at the world we live in now, like just looking at it and coming at it from a lens of like, what if we were all just fucking kind? Yeah. And what if we were all just like Mm nonviolent to each other? And, and, you know, I use that word violence, like it's not always physical. Um, I think that like, what's interesting about this show is that it is such a reflection of the U S in its violence. Mm -hmm. And we see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And so like, I don't know. I I guess I'm sort of rambling, but like, I just look at this as like, hopefully the thing that we brought you is some perspective on it. Yeah. And then the other thing about this project is I feel like I've gotten to know you better and I feel like our friendship has grown in a way that I didn't think was possible. And that's been really cool because, you know, when you've known someone so long, you're kind of like, well, what else is there to know? (laughs) (laughs) But I think like you said, you know, you were at this time in your life where you were getting to know yourself in a different way. Yeah. And so I got to see you grow. And that was really cool because like, you know, I like boundaries and I'm not judging you, but I felt like you would talk about things your mom would say more in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I saw that grow throughout. Mm -hmm. And I found like, it was just something I noticed. And I noticed that like you used to say like, well, my therapist says, (laughs) and now you say, I say, yeah, you know, and like, that's not to diss on therapy, but I think at a certain point it should be your own personal narratives, you know? And that's kind of like, in my opinion, the point is to, you know, 
have you be saying those things to yourself. And I think that was really cool about this project that like, I don't know if I really, like obviously you can't anticipate anything, but like, <laughs> you know, I, th I think that like, like I said, I was just like, well, how could we become better friends? Like, how yeah. is that possible, you know? And like, how could we be in this space and in, in, in each other's lives in a different way? And um, so, yeah, that's also been a really cool thing about this project. I agree. And I think that like, not only the getting to know each other in a way that mm -hmm. we hadn't known each other before, but also like being able to like, embark on this endeavor and this like creative endeavor with someone who I love and respect mm -hmm. so much and whose opinion, you know, has always mattered to me. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, I think that like getting to hear your takes on things mm -hmm. and it's like, you know, w we've talked about like, we have talked about this show for 20 years right. and we lived together and mm -hmm. watched it together. But like, getting to really deep dive into it all with you. And that has been like, I, I just love it. I mean, I, you know, I think, I mean, one of the many things I love about you and about our friendship is like that we can both watch dumbass shit like, <laughs> yeah. and do dumbass shit and uh -huh. be dumbasses. Yeah, um, yeah. And man, have we done our fair share of all of that so much, uh, so much of all of that <laughs> but that also you know we can have really in-depth conversations about mm -hmm. a lot of different things yeah. and I think that like hopefully that's been showcased here for everyone else but also I think for just between you and me yeah that's like been huge yeah um and I agree that like I think our friendship is in a, a different spot than it yeah. was before um, and, and a good spot. I, I mean, you know, I don't want to like be like better, but like, you know, I yeah. just do feel closer to you. And I didn't necessarily think that was possible either. Yeah. Like we've been dear friends for a very long so time. Long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. exactly. And so like, um, but yeah, it's, it has sort of brought us to this new level. And it, it was, it was really funny at your wedding, like sort of, I, I noticed it a lot because uh -huh. like all of your parents, friends and stuff right. like that. And then all of your friends, you know, many of whom I know, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'm not, You're they're not, not necessarily. in my friend group. Well, it's You know like, how old friends are. You're not like in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I know them all, but like, yeah. I, you know, it's not, I don't have the same experience with them that you do. Yeah. And it was like having so many of them be like. Like I was like the co like the co-host, but also like yeah. just like oh yeah, you guys like you do this thing, right. and it's so cool. And sort of seeing that from that outsider perspective mm -hmm. was like such an interesting and fun, and I, I really loved it. That mm -hmm. sort of like experience, and you know, I think like I don't know. I I, I think if it was possible, I feel like sort of more settled into our friendship. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like. I think I always have anxiety about um, my relationships. Like I always, I, I work on this a lot, but like um, I don't, I like have a hard time understanding why anyone hangs out with me. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like I, I'm like, I, I understand that people like me mm -hmm. and that like I have a personality that like people like, mm -hmm. but I don't really know why. Yeah. And so like, I think, one of the things that this has like sort of let me allowed me to be very comfortable and be like 
kind of my full self in a mm-hmm. way, which is weird to say because we've just gotten done talking about how we don't like give all of ourselves, right. obviously. But but also like I do think that like, you know, this is a much fuller version of myself mm-hmm. than I've really allowed anyone to see before. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 And I, I can be very private and very like, um, secretive, secretive mm-hmm. yes and and very like um I just think I play a lot of things very close to the vest mm-hmm. and I think that like I think that's I mean to be really frank I'll, because of a lot of damage that was done to me early on and and oh, you know you don't, everyone knows that yeah. <laughs> yes of course yeah of course yeah of course. so yeah yeah it's a safety mechanism yeah 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 yeah. So I, I so you know, I, I appreciate you saying that and also I think our friendship is at mm-hmm. such a much deeper place than yeah, it definitely. was before. Like 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 we said, that's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I like, kinda can't believe we're saying it. But I know, yeah. It's, but it's true. Yeah, but that's definitely been another highlight of this project. I agree. I agree. And for me too. Um, you know, and getting to like I said, getting to do something creative with someone you love so much is mm-hmm. I mean, Always what a fun. gift. Yeah, what a gift. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And then did you have more about the project? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I think reframing was the thing that I like most wanted to say about the project. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I liked that you brought up our friendship, but like, I think that this project to, to me has just like, it's been, I mean, even in the times when it was like a slog, yeah, <laughs> you know, and there were a few times yeah. that we've talked about it, but like, it felt so grounding, mm-hmm. you know, and I think like having this weekly check-in with you, with our listeners, with the nineties, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to be really honest in the early aughts, like that's, there's been such a grounding like feeling to me with that. Yeah. You know, definitely that will be missed. I'm not well, yeah, lie. absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so for my thoughts about Dawson's Creek on a whole, Mm. I mean, I feel like obviously there's just so much to say about this show. And we I've always said we could literally go back and do it again, do it again. And that's why I I do fundamentally believe every time there's a new podcast, I'm like, amazing. That's so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because there's so many strengths and weaknesses and like. I just think at the end of the day, like, Cape Side will always be a safe space. Like, you know, those memories of us watching it in college are, like, some of my core memories. Mm-hmm. And now adding this podcast experience um, has gotten, like, has allowed me to get to know this show on such a deeper level. Yeah. And I think in so many ways this show has, like, really shaped me into who I am, which is, like, also, like, fundamentally wild. But Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of feel has. like, you know, it's weird because in the way, you know, you feel the same when you walk away. You're like, justice for Andy, you know, um, Jack and Jen are soulmates, PC and Joey forever. Yeah. And, you know, the hero is never the cis hetero privileged white male. Like, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that, like, on the whole, I think the, re- the thing about this show and what it means and what it keeps coming back to me is just that it made you feel alive you know and I again listened to this 
I listened to this sermon by this abolitionist mm. um, and they said like, you know, at the end of the day, like, they were talking about like just what's going on in Iran and mm -hmm. they were like, at the end of the day, we're only truly alive when we have agency and we have choice. And I think that like, that's the thing about this show and why we say what a wild time to be alive because it means so many things. It means what does life mean? Mm -hmm. Like we are currently grappling with what does the beginning of life mean and how do mm -hmm. people have agency over their own bodies? Yeah. Um, you know, in, in participation with what life means, mm -hmm. you know, and then moving on to the larger agency over your body conversation about like, can you truly be alive if you can't, you know, be <laughs> transition, if you can't um, be yourself, be yourself, if you, you know, you can't get tattoos or you're not allowed to show your hair. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the existential alive of like the knowledge and the language that we just didn't have at the time mm -hmm. and that like we are growing into and like how amazing that we're in this moment where we can just say slut shame and we all know what that means. Right. You know, or we can talk about white privilege and we all know what that means. And yeah. it, it doesn't, it's not like a outright negative thing. It's just a, a fact. A thing that you know, exists. and then like even in this small way, in this space, we created like the language around like workforce bound and how cool that is. Mm -hmm. And I just think like you said, we all bonded during the lockdown and the 2020 uprising. And there was like a gr like for me, a great thirst for knowledge in and like while in my like previous, you know, previous life, mm. I would consume thinkers in the same way I do now, but like sit around a dining table and discuss it. Mm -hmm. Now I had to like sit alone at my dining table and discuss it and have people on the internet listen. Mm -hmm. And I just think that we started to feel alive in this way that felt more scary, but incredible over mm -hmm. these past three years. And I just think that there is like one reason why all of us went back to that safe space mm -hmm. of Cape side at some point in the past three years. And then when we were back in that space, we found, they found this podcast. And I think it's because when you see Joey say that when you see Pacey fall in love and when you see Joey say it, you feel it too. Mm -hmm. And there's such a safety and a beauty and like something so incredible about watching someone like feel it. Yeah. And yeah, that's so like, I just never have felt that about a show in any other way. Yeah, and I think that, like, I think that, like, I kind of looked at it in a, with a, like, a little bit of a wider lens mm -hmm. of, like, or maybe that's not the right word to use or term to use, but, like, in a different lens, which mm -hmm. is, like, I think that, like, there was this way in, like, what Dawson's Creek gave to us mm -hmm. is... 
you know, with the caveat that it's like about white people. Yeah. And and so, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of and like able bodied, cisgendered, mostly straight white people. Yeah. Like that, like what it class. (laughs) Yeah. What it gave to us is like a an actual representation of like teenagers who looked and talked and felt like us Mm -hmm. and who weren't fabulously wealthy. Right. And who weren't fighting vampires Mm. and who weren't, you know, who were just like fucking plodding along trying to get through it all. Mm -hmm. And I think my, so we got that with my so-called life, but it was short lived. Yeah. And so, yes, we got a little bit of a soapier version with Dawson's Creek. Right, yeah. And I think, like, for me, looking at this show and, and thinking about art and entertainment mm-hmm. and how these things, I think, get written off a lot of times. Maybe art less so than entertainment, but I think they get, like, so maligned mm-hmm. by our society that, like, oh, that's just, like, a, a frivolous little thing that you do to distract yourself. And possibly that's true. Mm-hmm. But also, like, we need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we need these bits of entertainment. We need this. We need this stuff. We need to be able to go you know, pay attention to a story, whether that's written, whether that's on television, whether that's on a movie, whether that's through a podcast, whatever version of it. I think that we need this in our lives and looking at it and discussing it and experiencing it, no matter when you experience it, is important. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like, I agree with you about Joey and about, you know, this thing that Dawson's Creek gave to us, which I think like no other show really has Mm -hmm. is that like it gave, it gave such credence to the lives of teenagers Mm. and that like we all experience teenage teenagehood We all experience it. Yes, it's all different, but like Mm -hmm. we all experience it. And I think like looking at that and looking at like, I was really thinking about like what we say every in the intro, which is like, you know, um, we discuss how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Right. And I was thinking a lot about the fact that like, I, I was thinking about like, other shows that seem to have defined a generation. So things like MASH, you know, where like our, my parents, like ev- like a third of the country watched the like mm. season finale or series finale of MASH, mm-hmm. right? And, and people don't write that show off as like some frivolous whatever, but it was a sitcom, you know, mm-hmm. and it was a piece of entertainment. And I think thinking about like what we get, what we write off, and what we look up look up to as like these great pieces of art. I think that that's so frivolous and that's so like arbitrary. Mm. And who is we? And who is we? And I think looking at this show, you know, I think there was a time in my life, particularly when I was in high school, where I never would have admitted to you that I loved this show, mm-hmm. that I recorded it, that I watched every episode, that sometimes I watched them over and over again. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I think now it's so funny because it's like I so often get asked, like, really, you do a podcast about Dawson's Creek? Like, mm-hmm. what? And, you know, there's this part of me and I like was, with that kind of malice and negativity. Yeah, definitely. Although I, I was at a Halloween party this weekend and this these people were there that I didn't know. And like they were they were much more curious, like, oh, Dawson's Creek. Cool. Really? Like mm-hmm. what? And then my friend who I was at her house, she like had our book mm-hmm. and she like brought it out and yeah. like showed it. To, she was like, so the like stage mom, it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and, you know, I was sort of saying to them, I was like, well, you know, our thesis is that like when this show is good, it is some of the best television you will ever watch. And when mm-hmm. it is bad, it is some of the worst. And isn't that inherently interesting? Yeah. And I think that like. I think that looking at, I, I think constantly about like, particularly television, because I think people have such like, they have such like opinions about television, mm-hmm. you know? And I think taking the time that we've taken to look at a show like this and to say like, this is important and this matters and there are reasons why this matters and is important, even if you don't think so. Right. Like to me, that's like the, that's the good shit. Mm. That's what we've done. And I think like looking at Dawson's Creek as a whole, yeah. now that we've finished, there's this way in which I look at it and say, I think that like, it's an imperfect piece of art that I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. It's an imperfect piece of art that gives me something so deep. And so reminds me of a time that was so hard, but also so lovely, Mm. you know? And I think it captures that, that like being a teenager is both hard and great. And easy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And like, And there are these magical moments and there are these beautiful moments and there's these awful moments and they all kind of coincide. And I guess you could say that about all of life, but as a teenager, you just feel it so much differently because it's the first time you're experiencing anything of any of it. And I think that's what Dawson's Creek really gives us. Mm -hmm. And I think it gives it to us in a way that no other show has. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, no matter how many times I can like go to this little safe space in Cape side, Mm -hmm. you know, you always go back to your favorite moments and you know, it's those ones that really just speak to you. And like you said, when it's good, it's so good. So there are these phenomenal moments you can go back to. And for me, it just is like, whether I'm feeling alive for the first time or the nth time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it just is like one of the single great, it, it, it to me is like the single greatest feeling on earth is to just like feel alive mm-hmm. with whatever that means to you, yeah. you know? And so like how cool that I have, that that little space to go to and how cool that we were given a show that seemed to go one way right like oh it's Dawson's Creek Mm -hmm. it's about Dawson yeah and actually took a fucking u-turn and was like my favorite thing about this it really is about everyone else even if the show didn't know that that's what it was doing and I would argue it didn't didn't. (laughs) (laughs) like 
the, like, I've thought about that so much with season five and six as I'm like, like what, what happened yeah. there? And I just think that like the show really was like, let's try to make it Dawson centric, even though they were like the cut to Joey. Cut right, to, right, right. Like that existed, cut but Katie, her, yeah. yeah, cut to Katie. Sorry. But her storylines were pure shit. But Dawson has like kind of really good storylines in, in the, in season five and six. So they're trying to make it a show about him but like we're like we're we're done here you know um, yeah so it's like i don't know so interesting but it's very interesting but i think like this act of like of like moving the focus off of the cis straight white guy and on to all these other people mm-hmm. you know i mean not that pacey isn't a cis straight white guy but like you know yeah he's not rich. well yeah he's been yeah you guys know he's got some shit Um, but like, you know, this, this like literal and figurative move away from that being the center of, of it all, I think is like, to me, that's the takeaway. Like, like, and, and I know that was the thesis of our book, but like, that really is the thesis that like this show allowed us to move away from that. And this show moved us away from that. And it's different from other shows that were like female centric, like my so-called life, because that started off as female centric. This show was supposed to be about this guy. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, everyone else is way more interesting. And it was like the, and and I mean, credit to the writers that like when they realized that they went with it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, even though there were times when it felt like you were forcing Dawson down our fucking throats, Mm -hmm. like, Really, if you look at the end product, mm-hmm. it ended up that the rest of the team is the. Yeah. And to me, that's like, what a, what, a, I mean, what a way to enter the aughts. Yeah. You know, as we sort of start to shift away from this. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's like, I mean, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Decentralize. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so I guess, you know, in Lauren Conrad's last episode of The Hills, Kelly Catron asks her, what's next? And she says, for the first time in a long time, I don't know. And, like, she's the queen of one-liners, so we probably can't top that. But what do you think? What's next? And I I also do want to point out the first season of The Hills literally has the exact same storyline as Dawson's Creek. Where they're like, is she gonna go to Paris? Right, and then she stays for a guy. Oh, Elsie, you know. Um, the short answer is I don't know. Mm-hmm. The longer answer is that um, I absolutely need another creative outlet. Yeah, and I'm thinking a lot about it. Um, I've had a, um, I've thought about doing an LA history podcast for a very long time, mm-hmm. um, and. I am still thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, um, I sort of in my own life, I'm, I'm not at a crossroads quite yet, but I feel like it's coming mm-hmm. a crossroads of like, maybe I will finally go back to grad school and mm-hmm. like do something history related. Um, you know, I, I think Los Angeles as a city I think it's the best city Mm -hmm. um, on earth. I think it's um, a true gem of a city. And so um, I would love to do something 
that really showcased that because I think it gets a bad rap from a lot of people. Um, and, uh, so, so I've been thinking about that. I have done zero research. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so don't hold me to it, but, um, but it is something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, but also, I don't know. I mean, I, I want to, I, I don't have a creative outlet right now and I need one. And so, um, so that's the question and that's, you know, this is the kind of thing that I know how to do is to talk about things like this. So. Yeah. And how to podcast and yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I agree where it's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think because like we keep saying, it's kind of hard to fully process that this is over. Um, and it will be for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, as like a, a, a thing that takes up like honestly so much time in my life. Yeah. Um, but it'll feel lonely in my life without it. Um so and I like I, I agree with you. I just think that like I always have some kind of project working or whatever. Yeah. I have a few things that I've been, you know, plotting. Um, you know, one of my friends, we might do a little showroom pop up. And I'm like, do I want to get back into interior design? I don't know, because that was kind of fulfilling mm-hmm. in some ways. Um, podcasting has been fun, but it's hard because, like, the weekly commitment, make like, structuring, I, I don't do well with that kind of stuff. <laughs> I can structure the time, but, like, in blocks, like, the, the yeah. weekly stuff sometimes is a little bit... Yeah difficult for me um because i just like to do other stuff i'm like well what what if there's like a show closing that i need to go see you know or something like that um so like and i think because when we first started the podcast we did do like yeah we did you know more like blocks of recording and i i liked that so if i were to do a podcast it would have to be in that capacity which would be a different structure in the sense that you couldn't interact with the audience in this in the same timely way, mm-hmm. but that that's okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know about that, like podcasting. Um, but I agree that it it's hard when you have this really big project to imagine what your next one will be, which is why I'm like in this other way it's so compelling to like TV actors and writers and producers. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. You work on this project and all of a sudden you don't, and you don't like, how do you, how do you do that? Wow. Um, that must be so interesting. Uh, so that's, yeah. But you're like, I don't know what is next. I don't know. Something fun, something creative. Um, you know, we've, had a few opportunities to work on a few things that have been fun. So that mm-hmm. would be cool to do some more writing. Um, I've had a few friends be like, oh, we should write something, you know. So, you know, I just think L.A. is one of those towns. Like, I do agree with you. It's one of the best cities in the world. Like, maybe just because it's, like, familiar and home to me. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, 
when I travel, I'm like, I like it here, but like, you know, yeah, you don't got tacos like we do, <laughs> which is why I like Mexico City is such a, a gem to me. But mm. um, yeah, so I agree, like staying here is very nice. But I, I always say this about LA, you just keep saying yes until something sticks, you know? Yeah. So when people are like, let's do this, I'm like, okay. Like, whatever. Okay, let's keep doing that, yeah. you know? And so I think something fun will come from that. But, like, I don't know. It's kind of like, well, if any one of our listeners has something in mind, you can't hurt, yeah. can't hurt to email us, yeah. right? Also, more, um, uh, re- like, closely, I, sh- I guess we should tell them now that on December, oh, yeah. December 4th. Yeah, December 4th. At 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. at Arts, Arts District. District Brewing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to get it right eventually. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a little get together. Yeah, a little meetup. And so, like, you guys can come out and say hi to us. We'll have a table outside. 1 p.m. Did we already 1 p.m. December 4th, Arts District Brewing. Yeah. Um, on traction mm-hmm. uh, in the Arts District downtown. You guys should, if you're in L.A., you should come say hi um, if you want yeah, that'd be really fun. To so that's the honest. that's the like coming up. Yeah, thing the actual that what's next is yeah. we're planning a little a get little get together, together. just casual, just like yeah, yeah, in, yeah. Come have a beer, hang out, have a sandwich. Yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah. I'm sure it'll be you'll be nervous, but like whatever. There's beer, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You no need to be. Yeah, so, and we're all yeah. friends, so and it's yeah, totally yeah, fine. exactly. So, so come say hey really if you're fun. here. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, I didn't so, mean to do you. No, that's you. okay. <laughs> but I wanted to get that in before the end because I know not everyone listens to the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, do you have any final questions? I don't have any final questions. Well, I guess like, I don't know. No, I don't think I do. I feel like my, we've answered all the questions, which are, you know, not just what's next, but like, how do we feel and where mm-hmm. are we at as this ends? Yeah. And I think that like, we've done a good job of answering those in this, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And I also think that like, you know, wherever life takes us next, hopefully um, we'll meet again with mm-hmm. these folks that have been so nice to spend all this time with us. Yeah. That's so cute. We don't in the hundred. They always say that before someone, after someone dies. Maybe we, may we, may we meet again. again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I want to just say I didn't. I don't think I knew that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I you know I hope we do, and it's been a pleasure to to be here with y'all every week, and it's been a pleasure to be in your ears every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as we said earlier, we don't take lightly that you've spent all this time with us. We hope you can go back and enjoy us again and again if you want. And, um, you know, as always, you can find us on the internet and yeah. whatnot. So, so, I guess we'll say goodnight. Say goodnight. Not goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not Thanks, goodbye. Y'all. You will never leave my heart behind. Like the past.
Keep my life.